it just was something so unique and something so out of nowhere and something that was just flowing through me. And I didn't have any expectations. She didn't have any expectations, but what came out of the process was so incredible and amazing. She purged, I purged, there was something happening. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. If you're new here, welcome. I am your host, Rachel Todd, the girl who will be asking all of the questions, but more importantly, the person getting inspired by my guests who have accomplished a lot to get to where they are. You Might Be a Badass is a space where we sit back, kick off our shoes, and dig into the weeds of countless personal success stories. Don't let the might in the show's title fool you. Every person you will hear from is without a single doubt a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, nine to fivers, stay at home moms, athletes, and basically everyone in between. My goal here is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person. And ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. In today's episode, I sit down with Mariana Bayramian, owner of Chateau Salon in Montrose, California. What I thought was going to be a conversation solely about starting her hair business actually turned into an educational discussion for me about energy healing and deeper connection with one's higher self. Mariana also happens to be an intuitive healer and coach, and what she does with this gift in her salon and abroad amongst her connections is absolutely beautiful. From 20-something girls like me to mothers, business owners, cancer patients, and pretty much everyone in between, we all have something to let go of. And as odd as it sounds, so much of that gets held in your hair. I had never really thought about that before, but it actually makes so much sense. Mariana's passion for hair started at a young age. She decided to take courses at a local junior college when she was still in high school. I wish I knew what I wanted to do at that age. This was one of those conversations where I actually got goosebumps. I needed to re-listen to the episode just to let it all sink in. Okay, Mariana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here on this beautiful Tuesday. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. I, I think we can just go ahead and kick things off. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and what it is that you do. Sure thing. Um, my name is Mariana Bayramian. I am the owner of Chateau Salon in Montrose, California. I am an entrepreneur and I'm an intuitive healer and coach. Ooh, well, I'm excited to dive into that and learn more. I'm always, I'm always into holistic um, healing. I don't know if you saw, I had my little heat pad on my arm today. I feel like an old lady. It's about to fall off, but um Neither here nor there. <laughs> What's that? We all need different things to help us out in life these days. <laughs> Honestly, seriously, any any little bit helps. Um, truly. Um, so you own a salon. At what point did you kind of know in life that that's kind of the path that you wanted to take? That you wanted to be um, a hairstylist? Oh, um, that's interesting because. Uh, I just, I didn't know. I just followed um, the guidance of the breadcrumbs that led me to where I am today. I 
always loved playing with hair. I would, instead of dressing my Barbies, I would actually do little braids and haircuts as a kid. So I always had the passion to touch hair, play with hair. And when I was in high school as a junior, I got a flyer that said there was cosmetology classes being offered at Glendale High School, which was different from the high school that I was at. And I was so excited. It was like a one to five day program. I would have to leave my high school um, and attend that. And I was just beyond myself. It was like the best thing that could have happened to me. And I ran home. I couldn't wait for my parents to sign it. And I had, I never thought it would be an issue to get permission to go. And as soon as I told my mom, she was like, no, you're not going to do this. I'm not going to sign it. And I was shocked. Why would she not let me do something that's educational? Yeah. And her was, um, you know, we we came all the way here. My family's from Armenia, so we're immigrants here. And she goes, we came all the way here for you to get education and have a good career. You're not going to be a hairstylist. And I know th- that you love it. Once you get into it, you're not going to continue your education. Um, so I was like, I never thought making it a career at that point. It was truly just for fun and for me to just um, have a you know, it was my passion. I just wanted to have a hobby and I thought it would be fun. So I convinced her it's what I do best. So I said, mom, I promise you I'm going to get you a degree. It was the truth. I just want to go learn for myself. I'll do your hair, my hair. It's a really <laughs> good skill. to have. So my convincing skills were pretty strong early on and I got her to sign it. Um, and I continued on with cosmetology classes while I was in college. So I start. I went to college. I didn't know what to get a degree in. I knew I had to get a degree in something. I had made that promise to my mom. Um, and I decided to go with business because it was so broad and I could figure out um, a direction from there. I wasn't limited to one specific thing. Um But in the meanwhile, I graduated high school and I got my license, my cosmetology license. So I started assisting in Beverly Hills, um, doing hair twice a week while attending um, Cal State Northridge. And it was my um, second year, almost close to the end of my uh, second year in college, in business school, when my friend invited me to go study and um, check out her workplace. I think this was the big turning point in my decision making. It was when um, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come check out. But Microsoft was new at the time. She had just gotten this job in um, a computer science company, um, computer whatever it was that she was doing. She was in the same school as me doing computer science. So she's like, yeah. come and we'll study there and you'll check out my space. And I was excited. I was like, yeah, let me see what it's going to be like. So I remember walking into her um, company and seeing all these cubicles. And she walked me to her cubicle and she showed me her cubicle and she's like, this is it. And I literally like looked around, looked at her, looked at the cubicle. And I was like, this is where you work. And she had this confused look on her face like, yeah, where do you think you're going to be working when you get your degree? (laughs) Oh my God, it was a moment of suffocation. It was a moment of reality. Like what? The vision I had was this huge tall building, all glass walls overlooking the street. It was definitely not the reality I was facing in that moment. So I, you know, that, that day left something in me where it was like, oh my goodness, this could be my reality. And this is not what I want. And coincidentally, and this is how the universe works. The following week, one of my professors was telling us about, um, 
what you, we would be earning with a BA degree, first year with a bachelor's degree. And um, the number she shot out was ridiculous. And I remember yeah. sitting in class thinking, wait a minute, the wheels in my brain were turning. You mean to tell me I'm going to sit in that space from nine to five <laughs> to make the same amount that I almost do having fun because doing hair was literally fun for me. I never thought I was doing it because of the money. I just enjoyed it. So in that moment, things were like not making sense to the direction I was leading my life in. So from that point on, I just started to think differently. I was like, you know, why don't I think about doing something different? I'm getting a degree in business and I could own my own business. So that was what led me to take a big risk and um, dive into a completely different direction than I would have started out with. So I, you know, figured with the clientele base I have, I can um, afford to pay rent and everything else from that point on, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Be with God, as they say. Yes, absolutely. And I have to say today, uh, 17 years later, it is not the best um, you know, strategy to open up a business. I, it definitely takes more, but for somebody that's 22 years old and, uh, I was feeling very ambitious and I thought I could do it. I took the leap, I, you know, blind faith and went for it. And thank God, you know, I've been guided and it has worked out. Uh, there is definitely more to it, but it was the risk I took. And part of being an entrepreneur is jumping on that, that intuition that you get, this is what you're going to do. And just taking that leap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds like obviously you um, made smart decisions along the way ahead of just saying like, no, this is the solo path that I'm going to do. Obviously, I think the pressure with your parents kind of helped fuel that a little bit, but um, certainly you established a, a base for yourself where you were able to take that degree and apply it to the passion that you want to do, which is really amazing. I always hear Absolutely. kind of that, um, you know, the stricter parents or the immigrant parents have this, you know, what seems like it could be an unattainable goal for their kids. Um, and I and I do think that that's really special because obviously it comes from their own place of they worked so hard. And so the whole point of it is for you. The whole point of it is so that you can have the best life that you can. Did they have, um, you know, a certain profession or or a goal, a specific goal for you in mind other than going to school? That's a really good question, uh, Rachel. It's interesting because my parents never um, were like, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a lawyer, you need to be all the typical high earning incomes. Mm -hmm. um, but they did want me to do something where I could support myself. You know, my dad always said, don't ever rely on somebody else in life to take care of you. Always have something, any type of a career that you will have your own two feet to stand on, your own independence. So you don't have to make a decision based on that. And I think that was one of the best advices he could have given me. They never pressured me into a career, but they always wanted me to do something that would make enough money to support me. Now, in the eyes of my mom, being a hairstylist didn't fit that criteria. She didn't think that, you know, being a hairstylist, you could make the next amount of money to, or have your own business. Like being an immigrant, my parents, as us individuals, we always carry the fears and the traumas of our parents and our ancestors. So 
her migrating here and um, having her own set of fears of making it work didn't allow her to think big and didn't allow her to think like there's a lot of opportunities in being a hairstylist. Um, they always want to go with what is safe, what is safe and what parents teach children what is safe is go to school, get an education, work for someone. That is literally the typical. Um, and there was a part of my parents that did allow me because of their actions of coming here to do something that, you know, what was my soul telling me to do? And I could have, if I didn't listen to myself and my intuition of this doesn't make sense, I won't be happy in the cubicle. I'm like having fun and making money. I could have gotten stuck in going to school, getting a job in a corporate environment and feeling stuck there. Um, like most people do, they have this wonderful job, but their soul is not happy. They feel stuck. So the I'm grateful for the ability to have made that choice so early on so that, you know, I'm not stuck in that space that a lot of people seem to find themselves. And I, I love what COVID has done. I think the, one of the biggest blessings of COVID as terrible as it has been is it has put a pause in people and their jobs and, uh, a, a, you know, it's cut off what they are used to their routine so they can mm -hmm. pause and make maybe have the opportunity to think, what else can I do? What is What do I want to do? This is so different. I actually want to be more home with my kids and have more hours. This is working. So it's created this opportunity of space to think and do differently. So it has, it's had its blessings. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And, um, you know, in a time where we or I guess in a, in a society, I should say, where everybody is so go, go, go. And that's the culture. You work long hours, you have to work out, you provide and cook for your family. It's constantly just filled with things that have to get done. And especially like this time of year, right? Compared to last previous years, it's such a different feeling of Christmas time, right? You're actually able to pause and enjoy and sit by your tree with your family. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely a moment where you're, you're almost forced to soul search a little bit um, and not necessarily, well, for some, of course, in a negative way, you know, they're obviously being put in a position where, you know, they have to figure it out. Um, but I do agree with you. I think it's, I think it's a moment to really kind of reassess the important things in life for sure absolutely. absolutely um so let's talk about some of the the nitty gritties of actually building your your first business um how mm -hmm. did you go about you know finding staff or you know the perfect location things like that um the perfect location i i was looking for a space that was small enough um where the rent was affordable my biggest concern was my overhead mm -hmm. um i wanted something that would be manageable because if i was solely relying on myself and what i was bringing in um from my clientele that i had i wanted to feel a little bit at ease and peace so 
That was my first step. And I found a lovely location in Montrose that the rent was very affordable. And, you know, when I look back and I was like, wow, that really worked out for me. Um, And one of the things I have learned in all my years of business and in life and in coaching is, you know, when, when you take action in a direction where it's aligned with your soul purpose, aligned with your higher self, the opportunities open up so effortlessly. There's no resistance. They just show up. And it's, you know, it's hard to believe that it could, things could happen so easily and magically, I want to say, but they do. That's when you're aligned. Anytime things start to be resistant, have resistance, and it's just hard, you keep hitting a wall. I feel like those are the moments that I had to stop and kind of rethink in my directions. And that happened to me a lot. So, you know, I found a location and I thought, okay, I'm going to set it up as um, all rental. There's different ways um, that you can run a salon business. It could be rental, it could be commission, it could be blended. And um, because I came from a rental environment, I thought renting was the best way to find stylists that would just rent a chair and then provide extra income for me. And um, I tried that. Um, Shortly after, I realized that didn't work out well. That's um, not the business model I want to have because I wanted to be more involved with my team and with my staff. And it just felt very much like um, everybody's doing their own thing. So what was the purpose of having a business? Um, And so then I went to commission and it's very hard to do commission. And I tried that and that didn't work. And I was spinning my wheels at one point. um, I think it was maybe two years, three years into the business, trying different things, trying different marketing mailers and passing things out, different types of newspapers, magazines. You know, in the beginning, you try all the different ways and see what actually works for you and what doesn't. So you can invest into that. Um, so it's all trial and error. And I think I was like at a point where I was like, what am I going to do? What is, this is really, it's working, but it's not working to where I, the potential I see. And, um, at that point, that was another turning point. And when somebody came in my sales rep and said, Hey, there's this course that's being offered. It's specific to business owners. Um, it's like a business school type of a thing. It's a four day seminar. Would you be interested? And I immediately, my soul said yes, but then my brain was like, oh, that's so expensive. Oh, it's so far away. It was all the way in Nova Scotia. And um, there was a lot of no's, but there was a knowing in me that was like, no, you should just do it. What do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. Money, this is a thing. And I think, again, I look back and it's like one of the best decisions I made because as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as human beings, we all need that person to motivate us, hold us accountable, you know, be our cheerleader. Like as parents, we're the cheerleader of our children. And our parents at one point were our cheerleaders, but then we branch off in life and we we fall down. We need somebody to be like, hey, here's a redirection. You can do it. And so that was kind of what it was for me. I found a company that was so supportive and had all the tools and things that would work for my business environment, for my space, for my demographic. And so I came back so pumped and I implemented everything I learned. I could honestly say I learned more in those four days than I did four years in college. It was that effective. And, um, and as I implemented, I saw the results. I mean, it was just simply doing what works and it did work. And that took a completely different turn in my business. I, I developed a team of, um, 
stylists that I got from beauty school that weren't already established. And I trained them and I trained them with the skills that I had. And I trained them with, you know, how to build a clientele, how to do hair. So I became a coach within my own business and I coached my own stylist to become successful hairstylist. And they ended up staying in the salon and it just grew and grew and grew. That's amazing. Yeah. I I love hearing those types of stories where you kind of doubt yourself for a second, right? Because it goes against your initial intuition, but then you realize a little bit deep down is like, why is this opportunity being presented to me, right? There has to be some sort of something that I get out of it. So I like that you kind of went back and said, why not? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I want to talk about marketing a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you sort of find your overall branding for the salon? I know you talk about um, trying out different um, outward marketing tactics of, you know, the flyers and the mailers and things like that. But how did you figure out your brand for the salon and putting that forward through, you know, social media or your logo or things like that? How did, how did that kind of come to fruition for you? Oh, that in itself is a whole, <laughs> was a whole process. <laughs> to be honest with you, in the beginning, in the back when I started my business, there was no social media. So everything was word of mouth. Everything was flyer based or the magazine and the newspapers. Um, Yelp, Yelp was not Yelp. It was just so different. And yeah. it was marketing was different in itself. And what started to happen is I started, and this happened without me even being conscious of it. The branding of my business was me. I was the brand. And everybody came because they they just loved what they received. They loved the space, the energy. And um, and it was, it was that. It was the energy that they got, the vibration. They just felt good. So I became the brand. So everybody would go out, talk, and refer in. But then when I was going, you know, becoming a little bit more involved in the business and um, growing, I realized that I cannot be the brand. I don't want to be the brand because I'm coaching and training all these people, all these amazing stylists. I need everybody in here to be the brand, you know, everybody needs, they should not come in just because of me. They should come in because of Chateau Salon. So we started to strategize and shift and gratefully the, um, gratefully the, um, everything changed. Social media started to pop up and there was different modalities of marketing that was able for us to push the salon, the, the vibe of the salon, the culture of the salon, the imagery of clients that we were doing that didn't just have my name attached to it. It had all the different stylists that we can now advertise. So social media became such a beautiful platform for us to recreate a new branding that it it wasn't me, it was Chateau Salon, and it housed all these amazing, talented individuals in it. Um, The name Chateau Salon, does that have any any special meaning behind it or, or, or where did you come up with the actual name of the salon? Um, <laughs> I was driving on sunset. I couldn't figure out a name. Um, and I passed by Chateau Marmont and I was like, Oh my gosh, my place reminds me of a Chateau. Cause it was in the beginning, we've remodeled three different times in the course of the 17 years as the trends change. Sure. But the beginning of the Chateau salon, it was so, um, cute and homey and comfortable. It was just like walking into somebody's house and it, that was the environment and um, it just was so fitting. <laughs> so that's where it came from. It didn't have 
I love it. And that's, I mean, that's a great inspiration for it. That's a, that's a good spot for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I read about something called the, um, the conscious haircut. I was wondering if yes. you can talk me through that and, and, um, where that came from, what it means. Okay. So, um, I have the conscious, uh, hairstylist, which is, what my goal is to do in life and it's help all hairstylists become more conscious and because hairstylists are natural healers you know we have so much to give to our clients because we um are able to touch another human being and it be appropriate and in this day and age with technology and with everything going on um the human touch is so needed. It just provides such a comfort. It does so much. So that in itself is huge that hairstylists are able to provide. And then we have the ability to be these listeners. Naturally, you know, when you go to a hairstylist, you just talk, you're sitting in front of a mirror. So when I do coaching and I work with individuals, I assign homework as the mirror work because it's so powerful to look in the mirror, to look at yourself and talk. There's something so incredible that takes place when you're actually looking at yourself in the eyes. And when people are sitting with a stylist, they're sitting in front of a mirror. And the person, the stylist is behind them, is not in front of them. So it's not intimidating. It's as if they're pouring out. So it creates this beautiful space for healing to be accessed. And um, all of these things and energy have always been... Um, uh, familiar with as a hairstylist. You know, I would always wonder in the beginning, why is it there's days I have like 10 clients and I'm super energized. And then there would be three days I would have three clients and I'm completely drained. I would always question like, why is that? Is it the people? Is it me? What is happening? So yeah. I've gone this incredible journey of like energy and questioning it and experiencing it. And so um, through all of these things that have taken place in my life. I was doing a haircut in the middle of a haircut one day. Um, I got a message to do healing haircuts. I need to do healing haircuts. And it was so um, clear. I remember the client. I remember the position I was holding the hair. I just that exact moment. And the funny thing was, it just wouldn't leave me. For three days, it continued to repeat in my head. And I was like, what the heck is a healing haircut? I'd never <laughs> heard of it. I'm like, what? What? What is this? So I Googled it. I was like, healing haircut. Let me just Google and see what comes up. Why is this in my brain? And um, when I looked into it, it was there was nothing on healing haircuts at the time. But there was so much about hair and history of hair and why people didn't cut their hair and why people cut their hair. Historically, in the Bible, you know, Samsonite, he lost his strength and power because Delilah cut his it, There was so much information coming at me. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So all the years that I had been doing hair and all the experiences I've had, it was almost like a puzzle piece coming together as I was doing my Google search. And I and I stopped and I was like, there is something here that I need to explore, obviously, because it hasn't left me alone. But, you know, at the time I was very new to um, healing and spirituality. And I was like, I would only talk to people that I knew were open to it, which um, was like a safe space for me. And it wasn't until, you know, now I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what were you afraid of? So I went to my salon manager and I was like, 
listen, I go, this, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to sound really crazy. I know. Don't judge me. I just need to experiment it on someone. Would you like to be um, almost like my guinea pig? Just like back in the days in beauty school, can I do these highlights on you? It almost felt like that, but in a whole new um, space. And she looked at, she looked at me funny and she was like, yeah, okay. So I um, had her come in two hours early before we started Saturday work. And, you know, I sat within and I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with a healing haircut? What would be a healing haircut? And um, all these things started to flow. And I was like, okay, the most important thing in life with people is connecting them to their higher self. If we can connect to our higher self, that's where we have all the knowledge and it's our deepest truth of knowing. And the reason we don't connect to our higher self is because we have all these blocks in life that are in the way. That's not allowing us to connect to our truth, to our purpose, to our divine purpose that every individual came here with a unique ability and a unique purpose to serve. But we get through life and our conditionings and our society that gets clouded by the outside world and expectations. So if we can clear that up and get close to it as possible, that in itself is shifting someone. And so I thought about that. And then I, I, you know, I do energy healing and intuitively I incorporated all these different things and I made it a session. So what happened, she came in, um, I cleared the space and I had her journal to get to what it is that she wants to accomplish. And once she journaled, I did the, um, our healing part, which is I do a 30 minute healing during a shampoo session where the client is getting shampooed for 30 minutes, getting massaged, but there's actual inner energy healing happening. And then, um, then we do a visualization during the haircut to like go and release everything that is no longer serving them. So, um, it, it, it just was something so unique and something so out of nowhere and something that was just flowing through me. And, I didn't have any expectations. She didn't have any expectations, but what came out of the process was so incredible and amazing. She purged, I purged, there was something happening. And then when um, the salon opened to a regular, you know, everybody was coming in, the next three clients that I saw ended up having a moment of purging. You know, they got really deep, they got emotional. So I was like, okay. There is something here that needs to be worked with. I can't simply ignore this. And um, I just developed it and it has been like, it's been such a gift. I don't, I will never say I own that because it came through me to do this beautiful service that I do. And my goal isn't for me to do this service alone because there's only so many people that I could do it on. Um, sure. And what COVID has allowed me to do is as an entrepreneur, you're constantly thinking and developing and, you know, utilizing your creativity. And um, it's given me the opportunity to connect with uh, stylists and make them conscious stylists that we have such a gift that we can give to every human being that comes in to get a simple hair service. It could be turned into a healing service. And if you can shift them and they walk out of your door, not only feeling you know, their hair is beautiful. They feel beautiful. They look beautiful, but they truly feel different within. And the people they interact with throughout that day is on a higher vibration and higher energy. And it just is a trickling effect of shifting. So the conscious hairstylist is my goal to bring that, this healing haircut gift to all hairstylists that 
can actually utilize it in their service and give that to um, anyone that they see and serve. That's so beautiful. And I, I feel like you, at mm -hmm. some level, you know, a haircut has always been somewhat emotional, right? From you think back to like a baby's first haircut, that's like a big deal, you know? Or somebody who's going through a breakup and they chop all their hair off or some sort of like drastic thing happens. I feel like that's one of the first things that people go to is, you know, getting a haircut, changing their style, doing yeah. something. And it usually is tied back to that emotion. So that's such a beautiful so you thing. You truly nailed it. It's um, when, I, when everything was flowing to me, like the pieces of puzzle, one of the biggest ones was um, the women over the years that I've seen, anytime they go through any major change, the one thing they do is want to go and have change, like chop off their hair or do something very drastic and different. Yeah. And the funny thing is, no one is conscious of it, but it's actually their intuition mm -hmm. pushing them to go to and when everything was happening to me, I'm like, wow, you know, we are, every single person has intuition and it's just listening to it and actually realizing that what is happening is your intu intuition speaking through you. So when you go get a haircut, that is your soul telling you, you got to get rid of and release. Everything is energy. So everything we hold in our hair for years, we have memories, thoughts, beliefs that are hanging from that hair. And even like I have clients that come and get the tiniest of a trim, half an inch cut off, and they feel amazing because it's this whole weight of energy that's been released. It's, you know, It didn't make a huge difference on their hair, but they feel the difference because it was more of an energetic release. So bringing consciousness to that and the power of intention is so huge. So you bring consciousness to the service and an intention to let go release the very thing that is no longer serving you creates an incredible, incredible healing experience for the guests. So it's really amazing. And also, you know, people don't realize, like you said, there is so much tied to the hair. So not only emotionally, physically, but also um, anything that we hold within, whether what we are eating, what we are taking, you know, the biggest thing I've seen is when I cut uh, patients that have gone through cancer, the first few inches of hair that grows in is very different. The texture is very different. It has a fried texture to it. Um, you can tell that it's not at its healthiest space. And I can tell when I have clients that the hair starts thinning, falling, dolls out. It's because internally they're going through stress. They're not at their highest vibration. They're not feeling great. And those that are having the luscious, shiny hair, the hair is actually happy is because they're internally happy. So the hair is a reflection of your inner being. Just see it, listen to it, and it'll guide you to what you need. <laughs> it's it's really wild to think about all of this. Like, I feel like almost mind blown for, for a moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can tell. So I have a ton of hair, <laughs> a ton of hair. But when you were just speaking, like, if I go and think about it, right, the ends of my hair have been on my head for how many years, right? Like, yeah, how much like life experience has it? It sounds silly, but like how much life experience has it gone through? Has it seen? Has it been with me for? And, you know, I've always been the person who's like super um, 
you know, cautious when I get a haircut. I don't want to go too short or, you know, and I think it's more of an emotional thing versus it just being a physical, I don't want to look bad, you know? So there's definitely something to that. That's, that's really remarkable. Um, I do want to ask when you were talking about your very first um, person doing this with, you talked about her journaling and her figuring out what she no longer has space for. How for you did that translate into a length of cut or like what to get rid of? Okay. So I always do the uh, consultation of the haircut prior to doing the haircut. So uh, prior to doing the healing service. So I just kind of want to get an idea of where the person is. I never want to do anything that they're not ready to do or not ready to let go. And that's a huge part of healing, even in healing work, even in energy work, you never want to do something for someone where they're not ready for it because you have to be ready to shed and shift. Your soul has to be ready and want that. And sometimes our human self is in the way of that. So when I pick up from the soul and I realize it's the human self during that session, they come to it at the end. So but if they're not ready, they're not, I, I can, I would say, yes, I want to take you to this place. Every single person I meet, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can help you get to this place. But it's not my job to do that. It's every person has to be ready. So the sure. same with a healing haircut. When they come in, first thing I do is a consultation of what they want from a haircut. And oftentimes what happens is they're like, I just want an inch off. I don't want layers, whatever it may be. It's very rare somebody comes in and wants to just, you know, chop it off unless they're in that space. But yeah. once we go through the process, because the very last step is the haircut step. Once we go through the process, they actually, the ones, not all of them, the ones that need to cut more, they actually feel that. And when they sit in front of the mirror, I'll start cutting to the length we originally talked about. And be like, what do you think about going a little bit more? I feel ready to go more. So that is the most beautiful thing that takes place because it's not my work or any healer's work isn't about us telling you. The person knows, your higher self knows exactly what you need. But once I help clear the way, you're able to see that. You're able to feel like those dead ends are not serving you, girl. It's time to (laughs) let it go. And I can tell you what I want, but you have to feel empowered. And what the service does is empowers each individual with clarity to let go of whatever they feel they need to let go of. Wow. So, so beautiful, honestly. I I have never heard anything like that. So I I know that I wanted to touch on that and, and that's such a beautiful thing that you do. So thank you for the work that you're putting out into the universe. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit. Sorry to go back to a, a lower note after that. Um, but obviously I think I would be remiss if we, if we didn't touch on the pandemic this year and you as a business owner, how that has affected you, I'm sure on multiple layers, um, you know, most recently, obviously, we're going kind of in this like back and forth stage. And so it I'm I can only imagine it's difficult to try and um, feel like you're making progress only to take steps backwards. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to acknowledge that. But I would love to know, from your perspective, you know, how it how it's been as a business owner, um, 
where where are you with all of it? Uh, thank you, Rachel, for even <laughs> touching on that topic because it is huge and it is it absolutely has been a hard hit um, for my industry, especially you know hair salons. We were shut down for almost six months, um, and then they allowed you know, restaurants to open with outdoor seating, and they still restricted us to be open. When COVID and the pandemic first took place in the beginning, it was, um, you know, it was set out to be for two weeks, and it was for everyone's protection. And of course, naturally, you're like, absolutely, we're shutting down. I just kept in touch with my team with Zoom calls, just kind of keeping their spirits high. We're in this together. We know it's tough times. Two weeks. Well, then when the two weeks became a month, um, I, I personally was in a lot of um, different, different feelings and different emotions. And mostly it was my staff, the concern for my staff. You know, the business was like a huge part of it, but my business is not a business if my staff is not at its <laughs> full capacity at its highest place. So as a business owner, you're thinking about yourself, you're thinking about your own family, you're thinking about your business and the people in your business. Yeah. So everybody struggling was very hard. And um, when it became one month, one and a half months, you feel, I felt like I was responsible to do something for them, but I felt like there's nothing I could do. What can I possibly do? So um, keeping their spirits up and connecting with them was part of it, but I also had to find a way to keep my own personal spirits up with homeschooling three kids and everything that was going on. It was just a lot. Um, one of the things that helped us out was just, you know, instead of going into that fear-based place of, oh my God, what's going to happen is finding clarity in the process. And what can we do today that can help shift and make a little bit of a difference. Those, you know, a little action means everything versus being stagnant. So I decided to do color kits. So we decided to make uh, customized formulations for our clients. Um, you know, I always think about the only way a business is successful is if it's a win for the business. It can't be a win for the business unless it's a win for our customers, a win for my stylist, then it's a win for the business. So our stylist, our clients are home, most of them on Zoom calls or looking in the mirror and not feeling great. So those gray hairs that were popping up and things were not looking so great is actually affecting their personal mood. We know how much it uplifts them. So we decided to go with a color kit that they don't have to go buy from um, the store and not, you know, be afraid. There's so many horror stories of not matching the color and then yeah. there's whole color correction involved. So we're like, we have their formulation. Why don't we make a kit where they can come and purchase? The stylist gets to make some money and then the salon makes money and the client is happy. So we started to do that and sell retail. You know, we're very grateful for the community we have and the clients that we have. So we posted it on Instagram. We made a video and that helped us get through some months. Um, It was very difficult to see all the other businesses opening up and salons not opening up as a salon owner. And I was so upset for all the other salon owners, you know. For myself, because I do the coaching and the healing work, I was still able to utilize that and do my Zoom calls and work with people. Um, And I still felt productive and made some income, nothing like my business being open. But I, my ache was where the stylists that are not making anything unless they go back into the salon and work with clients. So, and seeing how, um, you know, for me, it's the big question of, 
if it's unsafe, I'm okay to follow orders. We're here to protect people and safety of everyone, of my guests, of my clients, you know, my personal clients and my staff. If it's not safe for them to be in there, I'm all for that. But it just did not seem to make sense. It did not make, we are one industry that is able to actually contact trace. We're able to take temperature. We're able to sit the client down, do a whole questionnaire. We sanitize. We go to school specifically for disinfection and sanitation. And for our industry to be closed, it just made no sense. And it was absolutely very frustrating, especially seeing all these other business salon owners crying on Instagram of like losing their business and everything else that was happening. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. And it's even hard to where the person, Nancy Pelosi, where they're saying stay home, salon should be closed, she actually goes and gets her hair done. So it was like, it was really frustrating and it started to really get to me. And, um, you know, we opened up finally. And once we opened up, it was still a very big challenge. Even it has been a challenge because my salon thrives off of the energy, the vibe, mm-hmm. the culture have said when we come together the clients feel that and that's what we like we love we thrive on that so now with the limitation of 25 percent, we can only have two stylists in at a time and it's really hard to create that with just two people in there and um i've been trying to because it it's not just for the guests to feel it but even for the team when they have each other in that interaction it's like huge of course we have um so I've you know tried to still do Zoom calls. We I held a small meeting together just to come together. I was planning on doing like a small I do a Christmas thing every year in a retreat, but then the second shutdown happened. <laughs> so now we're back to square one and um I'm back into that refiguration of okay, you know, we we can start doing the kits again. We will, um, I want to do consultations. Now I'm a little bit more prepared where I could utilize Instagram in ways that we can support our clients and ways that the stylist can make some income until, you know, this thing passes. It's going to pass, but it's going to be a minute, but it's so hard for business owners. It's like we're hanging on from a thread with RT just to, see how long we can wait for this to pass so we can come back and um, to operations again. And this applies to all biz- small businesses, restaurants, hair salons, nail salons, the gyms, everything. I, you know, it's hard times, but the goal I would say for myself and anyone that is a small business owner or has been affected by this pandemic is, you know, keep your spirits high, keep your vibration high, keep the gratitude of the things that we have and we've been able to do because once we go down into a negative zone, um, it doesn't serve us in any way and it doesn't serve the people around us. And it actually hinders us from getting new ideas and becoming creative. And sometimes, you know, we have to get out of our own way and see if there is a bigger plan for us, if there is some a different opportunity for us to take in life. And when we're not in that place of looking at the positives with gratitude and that, you know, we're all still healthy, we're all still living, our families are still around, and this is going to pass, um, it doesn't give room and space for us to see a new opportunity creep in. 
when mm-hmm. you're in a low vibration place, you're only thinking about all the negatives in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think to your point, it's always difficult to quote unquote, look on the brighter side of things, especially when it feels as though everybody around you is just in this like slump in this low place. But one of my themes, you know, that I said at the very beginning of, of quarantine and something that I still hold true is you have to honor that space of like, what feels good today? What do you need to do to make yourself happy? And it needs to literally just be a daily, if it's a small thing, if you're going to step outside for 10 minutes and just, you know, lay in the grass or whatever it is that you need to do to get yourself to a place that tells you that this is temporary. This is something that will pass. And, um, I, I, I really love that. I think that that's such a, such a difficult position for you to be in. And I think that you are um, a remarkable person for having so much positivity and leadership for the team um, and the people around you. So um, kudos. Before we dive into some of your kind of like personal habits, um, one last thing on a business perspective Um, what would you say is the most rewarding part of, um, I'll keep it a broad term, um, of your profession? Of my profession specifically, the, uh, there's so much to be grateful for and so rewarding, um, especially being in a leadership role. But I have to say like one of the most, um, incredible things for me is working with people, whether it would be with a client or my staff, um, that one-on-one coaching, the ability to see somebody go from a place where they are to a complete shift. And, um, in the beginning, before I started doing my coaching, this, I practiced this with my team and it was, you know, hairstylists straight out of beauty school, they're not making anything, they have zero clientele, and the ability to coach them, and for them to go into um, a full blown career making over six figures is the most rewarding thing I could ever have imagined in my life. And that is, you know, yes, it is my coaching and my directing them. But it's also, it's, they wouldn't do it if they weren't ready to step into that role and take the advice and take the steps just like I did when I went to my training you know it's like everybody as long as they have the openness to get that support they can get there and one of the greatest um you know stories I have is one of my one of my stylists was like you know I'm not going to be a hairstylist uh I'm just doing this for now I'm not going to make a living off of it and I was like that's mine you know but as long as you're here today let's make the best of today and mm-hmm. that hairstylist ended up being you know making a career out of hair making over six figures and thriving wow. and having a flexible schedule you don't have to work you know five days a week or six days a week. So being able to give that um, and see that come to life is the biggest reward as a business owner, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's really special. Um, Like you said, it's kind of like getting in your own way, right? So it sounds like that, that person was able to, you know, live in the moment and yeah. And um, I'm glad that it worked out. 
so there's a little section towards the end of each um, episode that I do where I like to get to know the person on a little bit of a, a smaller, deeper level. Um, it's, it's by no means thorough, but just to kind of learn about what makes you tick um, outside of just running your own business, because I know that you have a full life outside of it. Um, so what does your, um, your typical morning routine look like? Um, my typical morning routine is getting up, doing meditation, um, journaling is a huge part of it. Um, and having my cup of coffee, it's my favorite part. (laughs) If I have time, I'll move my body a little bit with stretches if not. Um, but I won't do anything and I won't have a balanced day unless I take that morning time to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a morning person as well, but I, I think the setup and kind of the ritual for some people mm-hmm. is make or break, you know, as long as you find kind of your, I've never been a morning person. I hate mornings. I'll be oh, honest. Really? Um, and yes, in my life before this routine started was pure chaos. Um, <laughs> I have three little boys. I was running a business. And it, every single day was so chaotic. I had, I would wake up, my kids would wake me up and I didn't want to get out of bed at like 6am. So I would turn the TV on for them to have like five minutes, 10 minutes. And then those extra five minutes that I would not get out of bed would set up my whole day to be running behind, stressed out, dropping them off. It was just pure chaos. And I was in that rut over and over the next day and the next day. And I was like, I know what I need to do, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I read, somebody recommended this amazing book and I would recommend it to anyone that's looking for that change in their life. It's called The Miracle Morning. And The Miracle Morning talks about waking up early to give yourself that time. And I, when I read that book, there was something. My soul was ready, obviously, because I knew what I needed to do years ago and I wouldn't do it. But at that time, I was ready to receive it. And I committed. I committed 30 days to that morning routine of waking up at 5 a.m. So talk about somebody that does not wake up, is not a morning person. The only way I could give myself that time was to be up one hour before my boys got up. So that one hour was 5 a.m. And giving myself that time is what completely shifted my entire life, my entire life. It allowed me to be still. It allowed things to come up that I would you know, keep busy. Busy was my addiction to hide away and run away from everything that wanted to come up. So if I stayed busy, I wouldn't feel. But that morning hour allowed me to feel everything that was uncomfortable. And when you start to feel things that are uncomfortable and you're not okay with it, that's when you put change into action. And that's how your life changes. So my morning routine is like everything to me. (laughs) If I go on vacation, anything I have to have that well it sounds like it's very intentional I mean I I I think I'm still not there in terms of figuring out my what what did you say it was called magical morning miracle morning miracle morning or it's either morning miracle or miracle morning that's the book okay I would recommend it if it moves you then you're ready (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like I might be honestly um how about how about like a wind down or evening routine 
Um, evening routine, it's, you know, I have three boys and this is a reason why I do my morning routine is because at the end of the day, I sometimes don't have any time or energy left for myself. So when I put them down, I might just pass out with them, especially waking up so early, I'll go to bed really late. But no matter what I do before you go to bed, the most important thing is um, stay off of social media. <laughs> because yeah. I got stuck in that during this time of quarantine. Uh, I would never do that before. But you know, when you absorb everything you're absorbing through social media with the, ne- you know, negativity and everything that's replaying in your uh, unconscious mind all night. And then that becomes your reality the next day. So I just, before I go to bed, I just kind of send out the thoughts that I want to receive and go to bed with that. And most of the time, you know, I'll have a glass of wine if a friend is over or, I'll just like, I don't watch any TV because I don't have time for it. I would love to watch shows, but yeah, my, my evening is not, you know, very consistent because of my boys and I don't have control over it because of my body and my energy, but my morning I have full control over and that's where I take advantage. Wow. You're really inspiring me. I am like taking down all these mental notes of things that I need to revise because all of these things where you were identified earlier on are, are things that I still do. So, um, <laughs> I might need, to, <laughs> might need to make a few tweaks here. <laughs> um, how love about it. guilty pleasures? Do you have any guilty pleasures? I do. I love <laughs> <laughs> my guilty pleasure is chips and salsa. Uh, you know, I I love chips. I could sit down and have chips all day long. So that's like um, I'm conscious of what I eat, but forget it. Sometimes, especially during COVID, <laughs> I you know it's been. The chips have come in handy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're more of a savory versus a sweet person. Definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I like the spicy ones. I like the sour ones. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. How about, do you have any non-negotiables during the week? I know we talked about kind of your very specific morning routine, but is there anything outside of that, um, you know, any type of workout or something like that, that makes you feel like you've established, you know, you're set up for, for a a good week ahead. Um, Yeah. I would say meditation is my non-negotiable that moment of just allowing space for myself and connecting to myself because it um, is the only thing that takes me away from the reality and the human part of it. And then seeing, um, life and everything it has to offer from a bird's eye view, which we don't see unless we pause and take that moment to breathe. And then we see that, you know what, as chaotic as everything seems, it's really not that terrible and everything will pass. So that kind of gives me the peace to be more balanced throughout the day. And there has been days, you know, we're human. I mean, I am not perfect. There has been days, plenty of times where um, I'll, you know, I won't wake up or my boys will get up extra early. And that day, our routine is completely off. So I miss my morning routine and I miss that meditation. And I can absolutely feel that in my day, (laughs) in my energy and just how balanced I am. It completely throws me off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that for sure. Small things make big, make big differences. Um, yes. And it really has, to, it's only, it doesn't have to be like 
you know, 30 minutes of sitting still, it, it could be just five minutes giving to yourself and just connecting to yourself. For sure. Absolutely. So that's um, final question here. I always save the best for last. Um, what does the term success mean to you? Oh, I love that. For me, um, success means doing the things that you're most aligned with. Success isn't about the amount of money you make or um, the amount, anything or the title. It's about doing the things that excite you, that make you a better person, that you just genuinely want to go and do every day. Um, You know, being successful in my business, I have been successful, but I find the moments that I feel most successful are those moments that you asked earlier about um, what makes me feel so excited um, and, you know, seeing people be successful and coaching, that is success for me because of what it does to me. I just get excited. So if you feel excited, then you're doing something right. You're successful in life. If you're at a stay-at-home mom and the things you do for your children excite you and you're in a good place, you're successful. You're a successful stay-at-home mom. So it's it's the joy and the spirit that ignites you and whatever you're doing means you're successful. It all goes back to the inner self, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I have learned so much in just talking with you. It's it's been such a such a great conversation. I feel like, you know, I'm I'm very connected with you. Um, it's been great. Great. I love that. I love that. No, it's um, been really nice to revisit all these because, you know, COVID, you don't interact with people as much as you do. And um, that's one of the things where you're giving back to me is one of the things that I actually love and enjoy and feel successful at is, is that. So thank you for sure. this opportunity. Of course, of course. Um, why don't you tell everybody um, where people can find you online, where you're located? All of that fun stuff. So um, my hair salon is in Montrose, California. It's called Chateau Salon. And we have a website, chateausalon.com, and an Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is Mariana Byramian. And that's M-A-R-I-A-N-A-B-A-Y-R-A-M-Y-A-N. And I can also be found at Chateau Salon Instagram page as well. Perfect. And I will link everything in the show notes for people so that they can easily find and and click. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel, for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. That's it for today. Don't forget to follow along for more on Instagram at you might be a badass podcast and let me know your thoughts about today's show. And I'll see you again, same time, same place next week.